Ask the podcast coach for June 10th, 2017. It's showtime. Let's get ready to podcast. Yes, it is Saturday. It's time to rock and roll. It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I am your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting.com, and joining me right over there is the one and only Jim Cullison from the Average Guy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Morning, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Struggling with a a little bit of a cold this morning, so apologize for my vocal quality. It won't be great. That's always fun. And uh, some things we'll be talking about today. Oh, we might hit on the fact that Apple's going to start giving you stats, maybe just a little bit. Um, I've got a power rant coming up about radio that's, um, you know, you can lead a horse to water kind of thing. And uh, Jim, uh, you wanted to take me to task. I do. I do. I'm going to challenge you. All right. He's going to challenge me. So we'll have a, uh, uh, I think this might lead to the cage match at uh, Podcast Movement. We'll, we'll see. But uh, what? Wouldn't that be great if they had a cage there and you could, you could just take on podcasters? That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, so, oh, and I should say thank you to Darren Dake. I'm wearing my Corner Talk t-shirt. So he's got, a, he's got his logo on the back. All sorts of fun stuff. So. Podcast T-shirts, they can get you some mileage. I mean, yeah. they're, they're not always a bad a bad way to go. It's always fun when you get that email. Well, where, what's your address and what's your size? And it's like, oh, I've got a T-shirt coming towards me. Yay. So, and it's always fun watching uh, the U.S. Postal Service uh, cram T-shirts into, you know, P.O. boxes that are the size of your fist. It's like you pull it out. It's this giant wrinkle. So you just put your foot up there trying to pull it out. Uh, so so what is your your what, what what's in your craw? If that's even. Oh, well, I was I was listening to your um, <clears throat> to uh, the your school podcast show yeah. and, you know, your interview with Alex tanked because your voice recorder bit it right in the, in the process well right didn't well, you didn't what, you didn't you say that well what happened was i switched microphones mid skype call that for whatever reason blew up my free skype recorder um to where it didn't record anybody like zero like we got i, I got the beginning on both ends but the minute i changed things up now the problem with my recorder was i hit stop and then when i hit record again i did not notice that it said sd card full that was yeah, the biggie. I just hear more and more podcasters as they talk about their when they have these problems. It's that damn voice recorder that messes up on them a lot. And I know other things go wrong as well. But I, you know, you know me, I am not a fan of recording to that additional piece of hardware because it's just it seems it seems to me it appears to me as I listen to podcasters, that thing causes more problems than it's worth. And I, I just I, I get a little concerned. I know we we recommend that all the time. It's again, it appears to me we recommend that all the time. And I just I'm not a big fan of even having that in the like I don't use a voice recorder anywhere in my setup at all at any time. And I just have very few failures with with my recordings. And I just I wonder if that's not the best advice to have a voice recorder in your process. You've never lost a recorder ever. I, I lost I lose very few. Yeah, I mean, I, I, maybe in the, in the six or seven hundred that I've done, maybe less than five. Yeah, I think in like the first three years I was podcasting, I lost probably two or three. And that's when I, I remember whenever it was either the second or the third one, I was like, that's it. I'm, I've got to get a backup going. And I don't think I've lost anything 
since then until Alex. So it's been 10 years since I've lost anything. And that really wasn't the recorder's fault. That was because the idiot guy recording it uh, just goes, oh, it's a 32 gig card. It'll never fill up. Well, it does eventually if you don't, especially when you're recording in a wave format. And well, then, but you've had some we've had some issues where it's played too loud in there or it's been you know, like it record, you know, the, the it's overmodulated yeah. or it does some some weird things like that. I don't know. You, you can't see the levels very well. And, you know, yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like great advice to me. Well, it's it's uh, it's like a guitar. Come on, get mad at me, Dave. Get mad. Come on. I want you to, <laughs> no, it's it's what trying it, to develop good radio here. <laughs> well, what it is it, again in this case, like even today, uh, I I rearranged my office. I have a uh, I got a new standing desk, which is great fun. But but my office is a disaster right now. There's you know I got everything plugged back in because I had to unplug everything to take the computer out and everything else. So like right now, oh here, let me just show you. This is where my recorder is. Okay, it's sitting on my desk. Let me get my hand out of the way. And so I'm reading it sideways. And so you can see the lights are blinking, but the one channel's already a little louder than the other. It's not really good. It should be coming up. So I could I could sit here and try to adjust this as we record it. But I'm I'm looking at it upside down. And that's just because I got up at eight o'clock. I went and got my McDonald's, came back, uh, started looking at things, watched the Apple uh stats thing. Uh, took notes, uh, started looking for questions in Facebook groups, and then at 10 o'clock started to get ready for the show and just basically ran out of time. We're not on Mixler today. There are all sorts of things. So it's just, it's called bad time management on Dave Jackson's part, <laughs> where normally, usually I don't change things much. So we don't run into too many issues. I, I don't recommend if somebody like somebody in, um, oh, here, I had somebody today. Uh, ask a question about, do I need a mixer and things like that? And the thing with that I don't always agree with, if somebody just needs a recorder for a backup, I do not recommend the Zoom H6. That's overkill. I don't recommend the Zoom H5. If all you want is a backup recorder, go with a Zoom H1. It's 99 bucks. Uh, I'm using a Zoom H5 because I occasionally will take this out and do recordings with it, which actually you can record with a Zoom H1. It's not going to sound as good as if you had two microphones plugged into a Zoom H5, but if you just want to do some field recording every now and then, a Zoom H1 will be great. Yeah, I think it's like anything else. You have to know your equipment, have it set up <laughs> in time. I was I was just really disappointed that we missed that that, uh, yeah. that interview with So Alex. did I. I, I. I I really liked it. And in fact, the thing that killed me is... I went over, I mean, the minute I was done, I went to my backup recording um, because I saw with the SD, I, I, I go to hit stop and it's like, oh, this isn't, this wasn't recording. And I was like, all right, I got a backup. I got my Skype recorder, went over, uh, went to the the file and hit play. And I hear, are you there? Uh-oh. No, no, no. I'm like, okay, cool. It recorded. We're good. I don't have to call him back. We're good to go. I checked the minute we were done because it was a good conversation. And it wasn't until later I got that backup file. I opened it up and there's wave file and then 40 minutes of nothing. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Because I knew I didn't have it. I mean, that was the backup. And I was okay. like, and so my thing there would be if you're interviewing a podcaster, have them record on their end too. Even if you've got two things going, the more recordings, the better. Because you never know. And uh, the the software I use as my backup is called free. No, it's called MP3 Skype Recorder. If that bad boy ever, because I, I noticed this when I went in and dug deeper, it had popped an error code somewhere. And because I had rebooted my computer before that 
interview, uh, it had missed like a month's worth of stuff. Well, because it was my backup, I never, you know, I never noticed it. But it hadn't been recording Skype calls for about a month because I saw it pop an error once. And I'm like, I wonder what that's about. Click on OK, whatever. Deal with it later. And it wasn't recording anything. So luckily I'd rebooted. So it started to record. And then when I switched microphones, which is still to me kind of like we heard it on Skype. You're recording Skype. Why didn't you? Mm. So it's frustrating. It yeah. was it was disappointing. I I had waited. I was, you know, all yeah. for two weeks. Oh, and my favorite was this was coming. It's like when you hear a uh, a sports guy go, it's not about the money. And then they talk about money and you're kind of like, wait, it sure sounds like it's about money. And my favorite line was he says, well, I, I don't want to like backpedal. And then he kind of backpedaled. And I was like, oh, brilliant. Well, it's a great it's a it's been a fun thing to watch from the outside, because I think there's a lot of lessons yeah. as podcasters to learn from yeah. from what you guys went through. And you were very open about it. And Dave, I, I told you last week, I think it takes a lot of courage to do what you did. Most people bail. They're like, ah, screw it. I don't want to talk to them. I've said some things. I'm embarrassed, whatever. And uh, and you really you just you just hit the nail right on the head and went right for it. And that to me, that's impressive. I, I just don't think <clears throat> I don't think a lot of people have the intestinal fortitude to be able to pull that off. So I was well, anxiously awaiting that. Too. It, well, so was I. I was like, I can't wait to bring this to you guys. And, and the minute I said uh, I said I, I was reading the stuff and I said, and here's why I had a couple of caps. And he goes, uh huh, caps. And I'm like, really? And he goes, oh, yeah. And I was like, really? And I was like, OK. So that's when I was like, oh, it was the cap thing that set him off because yeah. I was yeah. like I was trying to be I, I already said I was kind of passive aggressive on some of that stuff. Yeah. Well, it's easy to be. It's easy to be in those in yeah. those situations, right? Yeah. And I think it's easy to misread your I mean, the, I think a lesson in this and I think as hosts or as podcasters what we need to be careful of is it's easy to misread our readers' comments. And I do this. This is part of my job um at Gallup, and it's easy to misread those comments. And so if I read them once and I get a little flustered, I back away come back to the comment and read it again slowly and make sure I'm not reading anything into, cause you know, you ever done that or you read somebody's comments and you start reading it in your own head and oh, you're yeah. changing the words as you're reading it. Cause you're not, you got to read it word for word. You can't read into it. You have to be very literal with it. And, and you know, and it makes you mad sometimes and you have to back away from it and not respond right away. Oh yeah, um, it's just it's just a good lesson for for us podcasters. Yeah, I used to, I used to teach classes in email, uh, which sounds weird, but you know, back in the day, and that was my one of the things is do not do not send email when you're really really mad because you will say things that you will then later go mm, probably should have hold it off should have waited 24 hours on that uh, that kind of thing because you can boy when you're when you're I, I did that once I got me fired from a band once um, the bass player sent this thing and I was he he sent something. And then he he carbon copied the world. And I'm like, dude, you just gave my email address to the world. What are you doing? And I just boy, I just ripped him a new one. And uh, that was the end of me in that band. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that He's was gone. It. And this guy's an idiot and blah, blah, blah. He's a hothead. And I was like, oh, I've just I've lost two email addresses to people doing that. So, yeah. Hey, we're probably burying the lead. Day. We should probably yeah. be talking about this Apple. Announcement. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> this was announced and I will throw this in the chat room. I was really, really happy. It's interesting that when you go to um, listen on Apple site, you have to stream in Safari. Well, right now, my Mac is not even plugged in. So I'm like, there's got to be a way. So I pull up my iPad. I start watching it and I had to watch. And this is hard to say. I had to watch at one X and I was like, I can't take it. 
I can't take one X. So I, uh, I was like, please be on YouTube. And it took me a while, but I found it on YouTube so I could watch it two X. I'm going to be, this is a really weird thing to say. On one hand, it's exciting because Apple is going to show you how far people listen. And I think it's going to show how many subscribers there. There's a whole new update to, um, the, uh, Apple podcast app. They're going to have, there's these new tags where you can have, this is a series. Like it said, do not put the name of your show. Do not put episode numbers in your title. Do not just get that all out of there. Put the title of your episode in the title and then everything else you can put in these tags. Now in, uh, I'm not sure how you would do this in power. I'm not sure where you put extra tags in PowerPress. But in Libsyn, you can go into the episode, go into the additional options at the bottom or advanced options, and you can add these tags. Now, be very, very careful because now we're talking about putting in code. And when you put in code wrong, your feed goes. <laughs> so but you could say this is series one, episode one, blah, blah, blah. So that's kind of interesting. But the fact that we're going to be able to see how long people are listening. Number one, I'm going to echo Todd Cochran's uh, saying be careful what you wish for because you may find out now that you just recorded an hour long podcast and 60% of your audience is kicking out about minute seven. Cause you're talking about French toast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It may, you may realize, you know, your number or whatever that number, what is, is going to be significantly less because people are only listening to a minute or two or if at all. Right. I mean, it just cause it downloads doesn't mean they haven't, uh, they haven't abandoned it for the most part in their feed. And so, you know, I know your concern and it's all of our concerns is that people begin to obsess over the stats and waste time obsessing and when they could be creating great content. Um, And so I think there's that. I do. I I do think there are these new tags, uh, these new types that they're putting out there, this new channel tag. There's an item. uh, There's an episode, a season. Yeah. um, They're revamping the title. You, um, you they want to get it, an item in there. Those those are really cool. I mean, this is really cool. This is like Netflix or yeah. this is like, um, I mean, this is style. We we now are getting functional when we think about, especially these seasons that are in order. You know, when I watch Man in the High Castle, I don't want to watch it from 10 to 1, which is the way it would show up in a podcast. I want to show, I want to watch it from 1 to 10. I think that's great. They have a thing where it can be a, you can say this is a trailer so if you're getting ready to launch your podcast, you could say this is a trailer for you know season one or two. Uh, you can actually have bonus content. That I thought was rather interesting. So I'm not sure exactly what that's going to be, or it could just be good old regular content. But they go over it, and they show the, the things like that. Uh, Daniel says the regular title can still contain episodes. It's only the, the iTunes title tag that shouldn't have those numbers and codes. Okay. So that's what I'm looking for. I haven't gone over yet. I just found out about this this morning. Um, I, I had a little bird in my ear uh, from Libsyn that said this, but they didn't give any links to like what the heck they're talking about. The the stats, we should say, is not tags from what I understand are live now from what I saw of that last recording. So I need to go over and there's I'm sure there's, you know, partners dot Apple dot something, something, you know, help section that will show you exactly what the tags are and what they do. And uh, this whole thing about statistics and the cool thing that I like about this, it's going to be in Podcast Connect. That's the other thing that I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I've been telling people stay away from Podcast Connect because they love to go in there and change their feed and strand their audience. And now people are going to be in there and they're going to be asking you about the mirror URL. And I was just like, that was the other thing I was like, oh, we're driving people to Podcast Connect because there are there are times when 
people shoot themselves in the foot. So I don't know. It should be fun. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm excited about it. I think in the long run, it's a great thing. Number one, all the the haters of Apple that I, I don't know. I didn't see in the screenshot if it showed you how many subscribers you have. Um, I know that is a, a stat that's available. I don't know if that's going to be. I would assume if they're going to give you the rest of this stuff, why not give it to everybody? Uh, my other thing that I'm really surprised about that they didn't mention is that this is apparently free. And I'm like, okay. Cause I'm like, if I was Apple, I'd be like charging for that. But I guess on the other hand, I don't know. It's just one of those things that um, it'll be interesting to see. No, I think it's good. I, I, I think it is a, it's a, it's an admission that the podcast community is here to stay and that they're going to make an investment in it. There's a, you know, they've made a significant investment to the database alone to get those, you know, to get those new, fields in there set up for us. I guess one of the questions I have is going back. Okay. So I have 300 episodes and now what do I have to go back? Cause I've embedded in some cases I've embedded seasons and in some case I've embedded just episodes and I have episode numbers and do as a podcaster, am I going to have to go back and change things or do I want to? That's probably, I probably don't have to. No, I don't think you have to. Do I want to? And if I've created some things that was based on a season, do I want to go back in and retag those? I think maybe I do. You know, I think I maybe want to go back if and take advantage where it's um, or it's seasonal or it's episodic. No, what's the, what's the other term that they're using? Um, um, well, they're serial, serial. Yeah, whether it's serial or episodic, do I want to change? Do I want to you know change those to take advantage of those new, you know, the new, new structures? If that was two years ago. You know, I think that's a good a good question. Do we want to? Are we going to go back? And that could be a lot of work. Yeah, Emily has a question. She says, "What are the hosts who submit people's shows to iTunes, and how will those customers be affected?" I saw a few people talk about this, so I was just wondering. That is something I don't do anymore. I used to. I, I have control of a few people's feeds, and I've always sent them a thing that said, "If you need me to ever change this, I will do this for you." But anymore, I just tell people. If you want me to submit your show to iTunes, give me your iTunes login name and password, because either way, you have to trust me a whole bunch. And I would rather have you have complete control over. I don't I do not want to control your feed at all in any way. In the early days of of me doing this, I would just like, oh, yeah, just uh, I'll just submit it for you. Not knowing that that was a bad thing. We're talking early, early days. We'll we'll see. I, I, I would just advise anybody. Don't do that. Don't don't let somebody else control your feed. You know, you should have that control under iTunes. Um, should be interesting to see. The other thing I thought was interesting, they said in that presentation, Apple said they have 400,000 podcasts now in, in their directory. And they said, they talked about how last year they had 10 billion downloads. And they said 20% growth at looking at 2017. And I was like, it's interesting because I was like, well, 20% growth, wait a minute. Because then I went over to the Edison Research and they're only showing the last couple of years, three to 4% growth. And I'm like, wait a minute, if the, the listeners are only doing three to 4%, but podcasts are growing by 20%, maybe that's why we have a discoverability problem because the, the listeners aren't growing as fast as the episodes are. And then Ryan Gray said, wait a minute, but the Edison research says that most people listen to five podcasts. So if you take 4%, multiply it by five podcasts, there's your 20% growth. I'm like, oh, there you go. Fun with math. But um, I just thought the 20% growth, I was like, man, that's, that's a, that's, that's a sizable chunk. Yeah. I think they're seeing some opportunity there. 
And, you know, Apple just doesn't move on things just because they feel like it. And they, they don't, you know, they're not, they won't waste time if they didn't feel like this was a viable market. And I think they're getting more than because, you know, they control 60% of the market, let's just say, it's, it's just a big round number. You know, I am sure those those podcasts that they mentioned early in the keynote uh, of NPR and, you know, those, I'm sure there's some discussion at the higher levels about how do you help us help you? And so the those bigger podcasts, I'm sure, are saying, guys, we need to do a better job, especially with some of the NPR stuff that that is more, you know, that that is more serial in, in um, that's a little pun there. But in um, in nature, I, I think so. The, the big boys, I think, are putting a little a little bit of pressure on them to say, hey, can we get a little more functionality, more, more like we see in an Amazon you know, movie player or in a Netflix or whatever? Um, and, and so that's how that's going to help us if we're going to take advantage of that. So uh, it's it's exciting, I think, to see they care again. I mean, remember the years when we thought, like, are they ever going to do an update and right. ever care again? They said like, they said the podcast app was the biggest update since it launched. So they've really, you know, done a number on making it easy to listen and show these new serial items and things like that. Uh, Daniel J. Lewis from the Audacity to podcast says the new tags are optional or fallback. So you don't have to retroactively update your episodes. Um, but he's, he does the once upon a time podcast. He says, I'll, I'll definitely be putting in the new seasons tags. So yeah, that's, uh, and it'll be interesting. Uh, I know Emily asked, is this is going to be supported by Libsyn? Yeah. I'm assuming now, right now, like I said, we always have the extra RSS tags on the episode and in the podcast that you can always add. I'm assuming eventually these will be some sort of drop down or something like that. So I'm sure I, I can hear Greg pounding on his keyboard right now going, trying to uh, to code that in. So that'll be I'm looking forward to Monday's uh, uh, service meeting. We do a thing online and I'll be like, OK, so how long till that's in the, the back end? So that'll be what, kind of- one of the interesting things they they talked about is a GUID, which yes. typically you hide those. Those are never for most for most people who use a GUID. Uh, to 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 for their customers' data or whatever, you really never release that. You don't really show it. It's usually an ugly number of some, right. you know, some some uh, kind, and you just don't show it. I, I got the feeling it's going to show up in that podcast connect, and you can change it because they were like, "We're we're asking you never to change this." And I thought, well, it's a unique identifier. Why would you give them access for either developers or the end user or podcasters to change it? So. That seemed a little like, huh, what, why are you, that, that wouldn't be a good, just block that thing. Yeah. It's a unique identifier. Don't let anybody change it. You know, leave it the same. So. Yeah, because they said if you, if you changed it, you could lose your status in the charts. And that's when I was like, oh, and they showed where there are charts still. We were kind of hoping that maybe new and noteworthy went away, but uh, apparently there are still charts and things like that. Uh, Daniel mentions that, sure, I should have mentioned this, yeah. uh, Angela will definitely be pounding away for PowerPress and... Um, Oh, they'll have to update it because it's fall, right? This this is when they're anticipating this coming out. Uh, he says that the documentation, and I'll have a link out in the show notes to a PDF, is merely pointing out the fact that we already knew that we shouldn't yeah. change it. Yeah. Um, the GUID, which to me sounds like something out of Harry, like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings. You mm-hmm. know, we have to go over the river past the GUIDs. Those are the priests in Ireland. Yeah. Right? They're the guids. <laughs> yeah, that'd be it. Uh, so, um, and then Craig says, call me cynical, but you think Apple are investing in this to monetize podcasts somehow further down the road? I was interesting because there's a part in that presentation where they say, 
you can make money from a podcast by doing this. And they mentioned signing up for Apple's affiliate program and blah, blah, blah. And I was waiting for, or, you know, you can now accept Apple pay as a donation button. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. And nothing. They just kind of went over this makeshift people that were doing a podcast and planning it and things like that. So it was interesting, but I was kind of like, oh, here, here we go. What's what's. And then it was like nothing. I was like, "Hmm." yeah, why wouldn't they? That wouldn't be a bad you know, uh, much like we do with Patreon. What if they had their own Patreon system and they they kept thirty percent of it? That'd be a, right. I mean, that would be the Apple model, right? Four hundred thousand podcasts David, in there. Would you give up as a podcaster? Would you give up thirty percent of your donation to Apple if it got you access to sixty percent of the listening market? Yeah, in a heartbeat. I I, th- I mean, it would hurt. Don't get me wrong. I mean, when I see you know, Patreon takes ten percent. But it's it's one of the sayings. Do you want you know? Do you want ninety percent of a hundred people, or do you want you know seventy percent of a thousand people? Yeah, especially if in the app it was really easy to do. You know that, that's that's one of the things with reviews and stuff. Some some people find it hard to get that just because you, you you know there's so many hoops you got to jump through. If they made that easy, and it would be in their best interest to make it easy, and they kept thirty, would we revolt over that? Oh, we'd be upset. We'd be like, this is more than anybody else. But please hit the app button. And yeah, please hit the donate button in the app thing. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I could see that. It'd be great fun. Um, I know in our chat room, somebody says Apple is interested in money. Say it ain't so. Yeah, Yeah. that's what's made them so popular. I'm going to say that's what they they, they get the billions they have in the bank. Yeah, so it'll be it's going to be fun to watch. I'll be interested. And I'm not sure. They just said later this year, I think, was how they they put it. So or end of the year or something like that. So I I think they are thinking they can monetize this in some way. Like, uh, again, they don't just do this out of the goodness of their heart. See, that's my whole thing, because I'm like, because a you've got to pay somebody now that that podcast support at apple.com is going to have to have a couple more people on there to go. I just released an episode and I don't see any listening stats. In my uh, my stuff. Um, so you got to pay those guys. You got to build that staff. That's going to cost money. And granted, I know this is a company that has 80 billion dollars sitting in their couch cushion. But nonetheless, uh, you don't get that big by just burning your money. So I'll be interested. to. I, I would not be surprised if somewhere down the road they find a way to monetize this. And, and yeah. the other thing that this is doing is because people are going to now be like so obsessed over their stats. People are going to go, no, no, I want you to listen in in the podcast app so I can see where you're listening. They're going to be promoting, I would think, where to me, I'm just like, subscribe however you want, blah, overcast. I can see people now. I've seen people do this where they will give you a, a podcast, you know, uh, link and that's it. No Stitcher, no nothing. Like you're listening to, and I'm like, I've always like, that's a bad idea. There are a lot of people with Android phones, but I can see people inadvertently maybe maybe not a great idea of driving everyone to the podcast app i don't know yeah well it's it daniel says that's what he's saying in the chat room right now they're seeing it quite possibly as a feature improvement as part of you know ios 11 and they do sometimes they do improve those things make the experience better something they can sell but if you're going to put that kind of investment in it hopefully for us they put some dollars into marketing for it so they say so at the you know at the sales level where people are buying phones, they're saying, and it comes you know by a new and improved podcast app. So hopefully we'll get some run you know from it and get some new pick up some new folks who haven't used the podcast app before in the process. It could be a loss leader. I mean that's very possible yeah. that they know they're going to lose money on this to to bring in 
um, some additional functionality. That's very possible as well. So they may they may not monetize it. It should be fun to watch. No, no matter. 2017 for the rest of the year will now be fun to go. Okay, it's we're we're getting closer to the end of the year, whatever that means. So, uh, but speaking of money, we should take uh, two seconds to say thank you to Josh Rivers from the Podcaster Sur- Survival Guide. You can find him at tpsguide.org. Of course, my buddy Glenn Hebert from Horse Radio Network. You can find him at horseradionetwork.com. And Josh Rivers from Development by JR. You can find that at dev by jr.com and uh, if you'd like to be an awesome supporter just go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome and i did find this out thanks to uh, emily from the story behind podcast.com and that is if you put a youtube video which makes sense when you think about this if you if you are doing uh any kind of patreon only stuff and you're putting youtube videos uh that doesn't do much for the rss feed of your show because it doesn't, I don't know if it shows up at all as a like a text link that you can then click and watch the YouTube video. But she noticed that I used to upload the post show as audio and that works with it. And if you, you know, you, I have the RSS enabled so you can subscribe to the post show if you're an awesome supporter and you can have that download. But I started just putting the video because sometimes we'll do stuff that's very visual and I'll just upload the the video on YouTube and then put it into Patreon and then it's unlisted on YouTube. And apparently that doesn't do much for an RSS feed, which kind of is a duh statement when I think about it. Uh, so I'll have to send out a poll to my Patreon people to go, would you like an audio or video version of the post show? Because Yeah, that's that's probably a good idea. I should probably figure that out because I'm doing that too. Our pre and post show on Home Gadget Geeks is now available to patrons. And I'm just getting a single digit number of views on that thing for my, you know, now I don't, I have 14 or 15, you know, patrons. So it's not like it's a huge number anyways, but maybe if I make that audio and make that subscribable, that, that would, I'd get more of them, you know, cause honestly, people are not sitting down and watching a YouTube video for an hour. They're just not, you know, they're not doing that, Dave. That's not how they're consuming us. Yeah. Right. They're not doing it that way. Well, and the post show is a half an hour and they're probably not doing that either. In most cases, they want to listen to it as they listen to the rest of their podcast, which is in their car or on the train. Exactly. Right? That makes sense. <laughs> That's me. I was like, hmm, yeah. Dave, maybe you might want to think this through. And then maybe in the future, what I'll do is unless it's only something very visual, I'll just put it out as audio. Yeah. No, go, that makes sense. That, that makes a lot of sense. And go that route. Well, uh, is it is it time for me to... Uh, I think it's time to pop a cork. Yeah, it's... it's- <laughs> Dave pops a cork in five, four, three, two. I had a guy this week that it's always interesting. Number one. Oh, see, I don't want to go there. It's hard. It's uh, there's there's mm, mm, I got easy. something easy, easy now. Easy. <laughs> uh, but he called up. Want to ask me a quick question? which I, I need to find a polite way to say that's called consulting folks, but nonetheless, and he was explaining how he wanted to start this show and he's currently spending and he's going to get a deal because I've heard people spending $500 an episode. He was going to get a hundred dollars an episode to go do a radio show. Like on the actual, I'm assuming this is AM radio. Who knows what time Saturday morning, whatever. 930. 930. Yeah. And it's probably, you know, welcome to Matt, the money man, whatever. And uh, and I'm like, okay. he goes, is that a good idea? And I go, well, here's the deal. I said, so that's four hundred dollars a month. I go for three hundred dollars. 
a one-time fee, you could start a podcast. And then for about $30 a month, you could reach not just only your signal, like, cause you're only as strong as that signal, unless you're on iHeartRadio or something like that. But let's say he's not, you're only strong as your signal and you reach the world. And with radio, you have to be listening at 3 PM on Saturdays or whatever time it is. And if you miss it, you missed it. Oh, and by the way, you have to go sell your advert. If you want, you can sell advertising on your show to help pay for your radio thing. And I go, so let's just Ben Franklin it, you know, podcasting $300 to get started, maybe less depending on what you're doing. If you want to sell ads, all that money goes to you. It goes to you. You reach a global audience and people can listen whenever you want. I said, I have my first episode from 12 years ago. You can still listen to that. I said, so that's podcasting with radio. It's a hundred dollars a week. Uh, you're only as strong as your signal and any ads that you sell, go to pay for that hundred dollars an hour. And there's no time shiftedness to it. And that's it. And he was still stuck on radio. He was still like, yeah, but with the radio thing, they said that uh, eventually if I got enough ads, I would keep the money after the end. I was just, and I'm like, okay, well, if you, and it was just one of those where this is a person that really wants to be on the radio, but I was, why just, not do both? Well, that's what I told him. I said, well, you could do both. I said, you could go. I mean, it's and, expensive. Yeah. Obviously. I yeah. said, if I said, if you got the budget for it, by all means, I said, take that recording from the assumed good quality in the radio station, take that and put it out as a podcast. I said, if that's what you could do, I said, I'm just letting you know, you can save yourself $400 a month. And it was like, I didn't. Yeah. You get people get things locked in their head, you know, and they're like, I can't think of the radio. You know, people ask me this question all the time. Uh, Did you always, did you grow up thinking you would, you know, want to be on radio? Cause this is what they, and, you know, when they, when they hear the, when the average guy hears podcasts, they think of them just as radio, right. For the most part. And I always tell them, yeah, but radio pay was terrible. Like, like, you know, if there's a very few people making, they're like musicians. There's very few people making livable money and there's a handful that are just filthy rich, but you, you know, you have a better chance of being struck by lightning. So I, I never, you know, I never thought I'd do a radio career, but there is a draw, Dave, for for some to to be on the airwaves, you know, to be in a radio studio, to say I have a radio show, and and I think in some cases, like we have a computer store here in Omaha that puts on a Saturday morning, you know, tech show, and I'm sure they're paying yeah. to do this, right? I mean, it's it's a it's a big long paid advertisement is what it is, but for them, it makes perfect sense in their niche to to do that locally. And that's where a local radio can be really, really, really valuable. Is it still reaching, you know, some of the bigger stations, KFAB here in Omaha, um, they, they still have a pretty good reach. And, and by the way, their demographic, which are older people who don't know how to work on their computers, eh, maybe not a bad, yeah, like not a bad market. So I think there's some cases where it makes sense. I'm with you. And I think you just said this a second ago, if you can do both and you can afford both, or you can figure out a way to do both. I think both are great. And you do it once and you get, you get two, you can make two things out of it, right? You can push that down a feed and have it that way. So that's, that'd be my preference. Yeah. The other question that he had, and this is one of those, it's like, it depends is he has a a product, but he doesn't have a website yet. So he was like, well, do I start the podcast or do I put the website up? And I said, can you do both? I said, cause what I would do is start a podcast and, you know, he I, he's kind of got a business. I said, so take all the frequently asked questions that you get at your job 
and use that as an episode. So for us, it would be, you know, what's your favorite microphone, ATR 2100, blah, blah, blah. And that would be episode one. And I said, and while you're growing this audience, start building your website with your product on it so that when you do get an audience, you've already got their, their, you know, they like you, they trust you, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you say, oh, by the way, I've got this new product. And I said, you might even get some feedback on it while you're building it. You know, I have this product. I'm getting ready to launch it. Yada, yada, yada. You might have somebody go, oh, that's really cool. Does it do yada, yada, yada? And you're like, I never thought of that. Maybe I should incorporate that into the product. And so, uh, so it was one of those where it's like, I could see where, and that doesn't make any sense to do a podcast until you have a product. I could see somebody saying that and I could say, well, okay. And on the other hand, I could say, well, if you don't have an audience yet though, why have a product? Cause you can't sell to nobody. So I was like, if you can do both, do both. But that's, that's a dangerous slope because then neither one launches because you're working on, on both. So I wasn't sure if you had any opinion on if you're, if the goal is to sell something, which one would you do first? Well, I, I would do the one that was easiest to do first and just get it going. Yeah. Right. That's you get yeah, the, you know, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. And so you just got to take that step and get going it. You know, if you create the podcast first, you don't have a website, by the way, you can repurpose all that content um, that you did on audio and it, because it didn't hit the site or hit an RSS feed doesn't mean you can't use it again. We've been at Gallup. We have been, um, we wrote, we, we started a blog, you know, back in 2012 and then, you know, you don't have, you know, when you start a podcast, you don't have an audience at first. Right. So right. some of those blogs in 2012 and 2013 didn't get very many views. And for whatever reason, they're, they're hard to dig up and you don't want to, you definitely don't want to repurpose them inside the same blog just by copy and pasting. Right. You would have to do rewrites and we're not necessarily that interested right now in doing big rewrites, but we did start copying them and moving them over and changing the content a little bit, but we've been moving them over to medium and repurposing them. So for some of those that didn't get a lot of views and they're picking up hundreds of views now, and we're, we're actually using them to help reestablish or, or establish this medium channel. Well, the same thing on the podcast stuff, right? Just some of the early stuff you did, if it's good, um, pull chunks of it out and reuse it again a year later. So even though the audience is small, Hey, it's okay. The content's still good. Use it again. So Dave, I, I would say if it's easier just to start a podcast, but you don't necessarily have a site for the sport, it's okay. Create content and then use it again, you know, someplace later or get your website going. And uh, once you get your website up and running, switch over and make your podcast work. So whatever is easiest, I think is, is whatever gets you going. That's it. Get going. Cause I'm with you. The, the problem with your website is it's never done. It's never, it's never, no, you can always go, ah, it would be cool if I could do this. And it's, it's never, your website is rarely ever done. It's just like, it's good enough. It's usually as, as close as you're going to get. Well, no, your show is the same way, right? Yeah. I mean, think about how often you're tweaking. I mean, think uh, school podcasting, how you have changed the formats about every hundred or so. It seems like you do kind of, you go through a re-evolution of some formats. You learn some stuff, you make it easier. You add some more. You know, we, we go in these, we oscillate in these um, these uh, waves of, uh, I'm going to make it really complicated, and then that's just too much work, so I'm going to bring the production back to simple, and then I'm going to get complicated, right, adding these things in. So Jason has said in the chat room, you were talking about doing the radio shows, and he said, you have to be careful, and I think this is true, some of those sh some of those radio uh, stations will not let you air what you did air yeah. on their program as a podcast, although... 
then see it as practice. Go into the radio station, do it as practice. Dave, you do this. You practice on us here <laughs> on Saturday mornings, and then you take the best of it uh, oftentimes and put it on school podcasting. And that doesn't hurt. Uh, in, in that case, it's uh, it, you've gotten some negative feedback because you have the same listeners to both programs, right? right? Nah, it probably wouldn't be so much on the radio side, but it'd be good, it'd be good practice. Yeah. Well, it's always interesting because I'll get an idea over here and then I'll dig deeper between Saturday and Sunday night and come up with, I try to come up with either additional points or a, a more succinct idea of what the heck I was trying to say on Saturday where it was just spilling out of my face, you know? <laughs> well, no, no one has to deal with it more than me because I'm here with you on Saturday mornings. <laughs> we've talked about it in the pre-show. Yeah. Then we've talked about it in the show, maybe even in a little bit post-show analysis. Then I listen to it again on, um, on Monday mornings when uh, you've got it out on school podcasting. So it's an all Dave Jackson weekend <laughs> for me. It's a whole lot of Dave. Uh, we did have one question. I, I think this was from Megan. She says, um, I am recording a Skype call later. Two hosts of a podcast sitting in the same room uh, using a Behringer Xenix 1204 mixer and connecting to a guest via a Skype call recorder. How do I set up my location to record two separate XLR mics to the same Skype call? Uh, I've tried just having three separate Skype lines, but for some reason we get crazy feedback. That could be if you're in the same room, you're, you're what, what's happening is if Jim was in the room with me and he said something, it went over Skype and then came back to me. You get this. I would hear him in the room with me and then on a like 10 millisecond delay or something like that. Um, so uh, I've tried just having three separate Skype lines. Okay. We get free feedback. Then if I go into separate, into separate office, my co-host can't be on the good XLR because it won't reach. Um, this has been plaguing me for once. Our workaround is just sharing one mic. No, that's not good. Unless you're Steve Perry, not Steve Perry. Um, man, the lead singer of uh, Aerosmith, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. There we go. Put them together. You get Steve Perry, but that's the guy from Journey um, who share a mic because it's very rock and roll. Um, yeah. But uh, there's got to be a better way. Yeah, it's called a mixer. This is one of the reasons that you get a mixer. When you have two people in the same room with you or you're going to mix in some sort of, you know, fun-filled music live, uh, you need a mixer for that. So that would be so you could have both of you. And, and when you're in the same room, don't sit side by side. Sit across from each other so that your microphones are pointing away from each other, there's no, almost no way you can avoid getting what they call bleed, which is basically where your co-host is going to sound a little bit in your microphone and vice versa. Um, so do what you can and live with the results. But that way you two, and this is why the mixer, you want to make sure you're both the same volume level and then that will go to Skype and then your, your guest will come into your mixer as well. And then you can take the mix of you, your co-host, and the Skype caller and run that into either another computer where you're recording it or, yes, a portable <laughs> That Make sure you know how to run and make sure your SD card is clear. You think of me now every time you say that. <laughs> that was my real goal is just to get in your head about voice recorders. Um you know, at, at, at work, Dave, we I get this question all the time because we will do multiple guests. And when I put them in different rooms, they always ask me that question. Like, oh, shouldn't we be in the same room? Like I thought, and I'm like, no, actually with a single mic and not using a mixer, it's a lot easier if I really separate everybody out and have them or they can't hear themselves. 
and, and in some cases I've had them even next door to each other. And it's weird because they're hearing because of the delay, mm-hmm. they're hearing the, the person in the other room and then, and then they're hearing it in their ears a little bit later. So I really try to separate them out. I have found uh, that's the best experience to get the cleanest, best audio from the customer where they're not, they're not freaking out because they're hearing things twice or whatever. Um, just get them as far apart from each other. Even if we're in the same building, get them in separate rooms that are isolated. And that's, that's what's worked best for me. And it makes it easier when you're using those USB mics. Not always possible. But that's what's worked best for me. Kim asks in the chat room, she says, has anyone found a good WordPress plugin that lists books? Mm, I knew one about 10 years ago. And the problem is that's such a niche little kind of, um, oh, plugin that, uh, you know, it doesn't, I, the one I liked, I, I think went out of business. The, the person that was doing it, uh, things like that. Um, there so are. We're we talking like from Amazon, or, or what are we? Because wouldn't Amazon have a widget if you were gonna, if you were gonna send them, you could build a custom widget on Amazon and put on your site. I'm not assuming it. You always want to sell this on Amazon, but that was just one of my thoughts. Um, there is. There, you can make an A store, um, which is kind of handy. Uh, if you go to, hold on, I will get you. If you go to bestpodcastinggear.com and click on the shop button at the top. That is my embedded A store. So that has, um, let me bring this back over to the chat room. Um, it's not the prettiest thing in the, the world, the Amazon A store. What's the name of that site, Dave? Best, best, podcasting. best podcastinggear.com slash shop. And in this case, instead of having a button there that you then clink and go to Amazon, I've got Amazon embedded into my website. And so, uh, you know, you can have them, you make categories and then you go over and you search for a item and then you say, yes, add this to my store. It's kind of cool and kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, if I go over, I'm going to guess, uh, where was the one I was at? Yes. If you've over there, there's a, a category for USB interfaces. And I just discovered that the zoom U 24 which is a two-in-one, four-out, handy audio interface. It's a USB interface, is currently not available. And so there'll be times, I know for a while, I was recommending a mic stand that was, um, I'm trying to see it in the, I think it was specifically made for Amazon. I can't see it, but it's one, it's, uh, well, here, it's one of these, where you basically, uh, he said breaking his back. It's one of these, right? It's It's got this, like, I'm going to take you out. In fact, I need to keep this in my bedroom. I, it dawned on me the other day that if a burglar ever broke into my uh, apartment, the only thing I could do was, like, throw an Amazon dot at his head. This would take somebody out. Um, it's got this big, heavy thing, and then it's got a boom arm. So if I put it on the desk, I wouldn't have to scouch over to, to talk into it. And they, a company made one of these. I can't remember the name. It doesn't matter because they're not there anymore. And it was like 15 bucks. And I was like, are you kidding me? So now the cheapest one I found is from a company called OnStage. And now they're 26. But this just like, all of a sudden it was like, it was in my store. And all of a sudden I went over one day and I noticed that there was no price underneath of it. And I click on it. It's like, yeah, not available. And I'm like, not available, like not coming back kind of thing. And it's still not available. So, well, it just means you have to, um, Yep. You, you got to shop your own store from time to time yeah, that's to make it. sure everything is still because that's going to happen. Things are going to go out of they're going to go out of print or they. So, Kim, maybe um, 
you know, maybe building a custom store like this with the books in there, Dave, I'm, uh, you know, it, it, I'm sure it gives you the chance to, like you put best podcasting gear dash school of podcasting. And then you chose some things, some bundled things to show right in that, in that widget on the, on the page there. On um, well, there's there's the eight there's a store, right? And then if you go to bestpodcastinggear.com at the top, there's a link to podcasting kits, and that takes you to a website called, I, I believe it's just kits.com or kit.com. I can't remember which. Um, and this allows you to bundle Amazon products together, and then what you do is you grab your link with your affiliate link in it. And it basically bundles them so you can actually click on those. And it's, I wish it was a little more intuitive, but there's a little button at the top that says buy all on Amazon. And it basically takes all those items with your affiliate links, puts them into a cart on Amazon and they can check out and yada, yada, yada. And I kind of asked them, I'm like, what's in this for you? And they said, because on occasion, somebody will not put their affiliate link in and they will use theirs. And I'm like, that's kind of an odd business model. You're you're hoping your customer messes up. Um, but at this point, it's working. It's kind of, uh, it's an interesting site, to, to say the least. Uh, Kit.com, no S. So that's, I have both those over there. So, because that, I get that on occasion. Somebody like, well, it's just going to be me. Then I'd be like, are you doing Skype interviews? Nope, just me talking into a computer. And I'm like, all right, go over, click on the solo podcaster. Do you want a, a desk stand? And I need to make a couple more variations of this, because if you want a desk stand, I've got the one with the, the arm that you can pull in and out. Some people don't want to have that permanently stuck on their desk, even though it's not technically permanent, uh, that kind of thing. And, you know, are, are you and your co-host in the same room or not? So I've got different variations of that. Uh, as opposed to giving them a laundry list, I can say, no, go buy this kit. And then uh, in most cases, that will fit most people. So so just some fun ways to uh, play with you know, Amazon. Well, Amazon's got some interesting tools. I mean, if you're an affiliate and you haven't gone out to their, you know, to the affiliate page and looked under the banner section or look under the, I forget if they call it custom or whatever, but they do have some interesting things you can do to put different banners and different links and yeah. and uh, kind of try to make it look attractive. There's really no way to make it, uh, advertising always be the most attractive thing in the world, but you can, you know, you can kind of make it attractive. So if you haven't done that, it might be worth uh, taking a look and, and reviewing that. And I believe they have a um, kind of like a CP, almost like Google AdWords, where you can put a code on there and it's kind of freaky. They try to read your website to see what content is on there and then try to feed ads that are relevant to what's on your website. So. Yeah, you know, I did one of their bounty. Um, you know, they have um, Audible, some Audible things like that. And mm -hmm. I threw that in a newsletter one time. And I thought, yeah, I know my, none of my listeners will ever click on this. Apparently they did. So, yeah. you know, you never, you never really know. Yeah, I'm amazed. I don't talk much about Audible on any of my shows, although I will be on the School of Podcasting because I'm not going to steal my own thunder. I listen to a phenomenal book that I will be talking about on Monday's show. Um, but it's one of those things where I, I still probably once one a month, you know, 15 bucks every time somebody signs up at Audible. So if you want to sign up for the Audible trial, you can go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash Audible. Um, I do. I don't know what the criteria is. I remember. Uh, remember Bill Conrad? Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Mr. Uh, one more question. Um, yeah. he's, he's, uh, 
I don't know. I, last I heard, I think he's through the academy. I know he went back to to be a, a cop. Um, and, in real estate for a while, wasn't he? Yeah. And some politics yeah. stuff. Great guy. Yeah. And uh, he was the only person I know of that he had just started his podcast. It was like on episode two. And they actually turned him down. Like Audible did. Oh. It was either Audible or Amazon. I'm trying to remember which one. Because I remember thinking, I've never heard of anybody. But he'd had like no, he wasn't getting any website. It was brand new. He's like on episode two. So he didn't really have a whole lot of traffic, didn't have a whole lot of downloads, and they were like, N- no. And I was like, I've never heard anybody. So so if you, for some Apparently reason... it can happen. Yeah, so if for some reason you go over there to uh, sign up and they turn you down, don't, you know... Sorry. Try, try back in six months. I got an interesting uh, bounty for from Amazon for U.S. textbooks. So if you one of your customers or one of your listeners trades in a textbook... At Amazon, because they, they will buy them back, right? Amazon has a oh, interesting. textbook buyback. They'll pay you on the buyback as well as the sale. As the sale. So it wasn't much. It was 43 cents, but... Uh, it's interesting. I never... I had no idea. It was one of those kinds of things. I, was, I didn't know that existed, but um, interesting... It's interesting um, that Amazon's getting into that game. Well, it'd be a great game to get into. I mean, the mafia runs textbooks in the United States. So if you want to talk about a money laundering scheme and that's going on when we think about textbooks, that's what here is here in the United States. But um, it, it's, there is big money in textbooks. So where my daughter's going to college this year, they're trying to break the back of the, tech bo- the textbook industry. And it's $6 a class, flat fee. Your books, $6. Nice. No matter what class what you're doing. And then most of them are available online and you know, whatever, or they're, they're doing something to make that available. But I thought that was pretty cool. They're really trying to make, you know, she gets a laptop when she gets there. They're nice. trying to make this for her about the learning experience and making it affordable. This is one of these schools that, where she's going, where they really work hard to keep the cost down and make it affordable. You're not going to find rock climbing walls. You're not going to find <laughs> free coffee and cafes. You're not going to find, you know, massage free massages that not at this school what this school is, is she going to she's going to northwest missouri state and and uh, craig says uh wait wait the mafia is running the textbooks in the u.s <laughs> yes they are it's a money laundering scheme <laughs> it yeah. is it is for sure well I, i've been listening to that disruption podcast i think i mentioned it last week from dell and it makes me think about things that need disrupted. Obviously, healthcare needs disrupted in in the U.S. It's a mess. Totally. And then the totally. other and the other one is college. I'm waiting for somebody yeah. to come along, kind of like that, and just say no, 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 no. And we're because that was to me half the time my books were half the price oh, of my ridiculous. classes. It was, it's like, and then it's you sell ridiculous. it back, and they give you a peanut. It's a two. It's a two hundred dollar book. Like it's it's this thick. Like yeah. it's two hundred bucks. And then you're right. You you sell it back. It's ten. You're like I didn't even take it out of the wrapper. Yeah. You know, and and uh, and so it's it's ridiculous the 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 markup and I mean it is it's a crime. Yeah. It is just a crime what they do with textbooks. <laughs> do they offer a bookmark that you can reuse, or a bookmark you can't refuse? Yeah, I'm gonna give you a <laughs> bookmark you can't refuse. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, and there's, yeah, let's, let's this is not a podcast. <laughs> I get all fired up about this. Yeah. One of the, you know, I, I recruit on college campuses all around the United States all the time. And in some of the prestigious schools that I go to, there's six or seven buildings being built at a time, yeah. Dave. Not like, oh. not like, you know, one, one every five or six years. We're talking five or six at a time. And I'm just thinking when this bubble bursts and the students figure out like, 
hey, I'm just going to start going to a cheaper school because I don't want $150,000 in debt when I get out, right? Um, and I don't care as a parent how, how much you've saved. You're not paying it. It's just, it's ridiculous. It'll be interesting when students figure that out, there's going to be a huge crisis and schools are going to start defaulting on on these buildings because they they have huge payments that they got to make on It's not free to build buildings. So anyway, sorry to go off. Well, it's funny you say that. I, I did a, 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 a talk this week for small business owners at uh, Kent State Stark Campus, um, and I went to school across the parking lot at a place called Stark State, and uh, it was interesting going back because when I was there, it was one building, and now it's like a block and a half. It's amazing. Oh, and, it's crazy and the, what and they're the, doing. The Kent State place, I felt like it was in the United Nations. It was this whole tiered thing, and I was at the bottom, this big, huge screen. It was awesome, and it's interesting. Maybe we'll talk about this in post-show. I am, like the at times, the worst... Um, advocate for podcasting because I, I tell the truth. And they were all like, oh, this sounds great. Oh, awesome, awesome. And we get to them like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, four to one is my rule. So if you want to do a 15-minute podcast, it's going to take you an hour. And they all went, you could just see them going, oh. You could see them going, wait a minute, if I'm doing eight hours of work, and mm-hmm. so that was kind of fun. Uh, it was, it was, I, I was like, maybe I shouldn't mention that anymore. I was, let them find it out on their own. But uh, I, I, And then I brought up their numbers. I actually got a lot of really good feedback. Kim was there, which was cool. And uh, But Jim, what's coming up on the... Uh, AverageGuy.tv. Well, we just had a super fun interview oh, with yeah. Veronica Belmont, which was great. She is dynamite, by the way. You've, you've probably seen her in some Techzilla and some other tech podcasts around there. She did a great job. We talked about bots. So if you're interested in the kind of the bot conversation, and it's not a super technical nerdy conversation, by the way. This is kind of bots for the average guy. I just posted that a few minutes ago before the show started. TheAverageGuy.tv. Nice. I haven't figured out what I'm talking about on Monday. It will either be improv for podcasters or B, uh, lessons I learned from Kevin Hart's book called Life Lessons. You can't make this stuff up. Phenomenal book. Everybody should read this book if you're in entertainment. Uh, it's just really, really cool. But uh, thanks to the chat room. Stick around for some post show. We're here every Saturday at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live. <laughs>